Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Sarah May. This is uh, an episode called I'm Stuck. Maybe you're depressed and full of self-loathing. And this is for anybody in a place of just inaction. So maybe you're in a shitty place in life, you feel depressed and hopeless, and you're just hating on yourself where you are, and you're kind of at a loss from where to go from here. Maybe you have people in your life who love you and encourage you, and you hate that you're bringing them down too. Yet you can't figure out why your life just sucks and how come others get to be happy. So maybe you feel like it's unfair to both of you. So if you suffer severe depression, this is not an episode for you. I know that chronic depression is one of the hardest things to battle. And for some, it is paralyzing. Like, worse than death, worse than pain. It's like being a human zombie. I'm terrified of depression. Um, So if you are suffering that, you will probably not be helped by this because this assumes that you have some kind of power in your situation. So if you are a sufferer of depression who is incapacitated by the depression, I really feel for you and I will try to offer something to you when I have enough research done, but I haven't accomplished that yet. So hopefully one day in the future I'll have a sweet podcast for you. So anyway... It's for the person that is stuck and can do something about it, but just doesn't know what to do and is in a a place of self-loathing and self-hatred and um, just bummed out about life. I'm going to warn you ahead of time, this is kind of a tough love kind of episode and it can bring out weird stuff in your person. So it might make you feel angry or offended or something in you will fight against a lot of what I will say. So... The last thing I would ever want to do is leave you feeling less empowered than before you listen to it. So caveat, listen to this as knowing that I am a stranger. I don't know you personally, and I'm, it's coming from the best place possible. And take what helps and leave the rest. Okay, that's it. Let's get started. There are three parts, the what, the why, and the how. The tools. Part one, the what. A shitty life you can't seem to solve for. A personality you don't like, you don't know, and you can't figure out. Maybe you don't even know who you are, you don't know what you like to do, nothing really makes you happy. You're not even sure what you love. You you just feel numb, foggy, confused. Maybe you are stuck in a dead end of what to pursue creatively or professionally, and Because of that, your career is not founded, therefore your confidence isn't either. And so that's intertwined with your feelings, so it's dragging your sense of self down with it. Maybe no advice seems right to you, and that doesn't really feel fair, because it leaves you feeling lonely and just shit on by the universe. And every time you start to invest in something or have hope, that path just feels like a waste of time. Because you know yourself, and you don't believe 
the outcome will work. So maybe you have found a path and then it doesn't work out and that just keeps happening to you. Your hope just seems to evaporate and nothing will change. And maybe lots of well-intentioned people suggest solutions to you, but they're just not you. Like you think, sure, I could go to therapy. I could go back to school. I could attend some new agey retreat and just waste a lot of money. I know what appeals to me. I know I don't need somebody to tell me to love myself more. I know what I'm going to get in some situation like that. And that's not for me. And maybe the fact that loved ones constantly suggest the same obvious solutions make, makes you annoyed and even more hopeless because you know yourself and it's something you have thought of already and it's not for you. So you know that the answer is going to come from you. Therefore, you feel even more screwed because you can't figure out what to do. Maybe you arrived at this state of life because of you know, major life changes or small career changes or milestones reached, and it's gone from tolerable to toxic. And you know that you need to do something about it. Maybe you know that you need to be more proactive in making change in your life. And for some reason, you just can't seem to do that. There's some reason that you just feel stuck, like you don't have an obvious next step to take. And the universe isn't sending you any signs, no matter how much you beg. So because of that, life is at a dead end and nothing is promising. All your Google searches, all of your family and friends, you're just overcome by the banality of life. So if this sounds like you, if this sounds like you said it yourself, then this is a podcast for you. Which brings me to part two, the why. How did you reach this point? Well, it's a very layered issue and specific to you depending on how you grew up and how you have previously dealt with your feelings about yourself. Um, so it'll be different for every single person. But to keep it simple, I'm going to reduce it down to what I see as the universals. So there are four major factors at play. Number one, fear. So here's how fear acts in this equation. You're making a lot of excuses to stay the way you are, and it's coming from a place of a fear of change. So you're stalling, but you're giving it another label. You're telling yourself that you are powerless, you're stuck, and you're not. And I don't blame you because it's really scary to try new things and invest yourself 100% and work really hard and maybe fail. And know that if you are subconsciously fearful of change, you have faced the worst pain you will ever feel already, and you have survived it. And the pain you are feeling now is much worse. So it's the worst it'll ever be now. So be brave about continuing forward in places that feel uncomfortable and that don't feel right, because you're not helping yourself right now, and you're definitely not helping your life be as awesome as it could be by staying the same. You're destroying your own happiness as a punishing way to stay the same. You're staying safe from change. And you're hurting yourself more than the outside world will ever hurt you by just staying the way you are. Fear will use deceptive reasoning. It'll use lies to exert control over your decision making. It will tell you, 
I know best. I know myself. I'm, I wouldn't gain anything from going to therapy. I wouldn't gain anything from going to school. But that is an ignorant belief coming from not wanting to try. And it's all motivated by fear. In other words, it's not coming from the truth. Because in truth, you have no idea. No one does. Everything you will experience from this point forth in your life will be new. And to believe that everything will be the same or that you know how it will be is a false belief. And it's one that's coming from a very controlling place inside of you. A person who believes that they know best, that no one can help them, is a person that is coveting themselves, protecting themselves from change. Number two, depression. Depression is a spiteful motherfucker. It keeps you incapacitated, without energy, and it also keeps you viewing your life through a gray haze of ugly and stupid. So when you're chemically compromised by depression, you have to act against that fact. You have to hand the keys over to your highest self and act accordingly. Because right now you're allowing your actions to be guided by your pain versus your rational highest self. Depression is a super powerful factor in your situation because it both creates and reinforces itself. So it's a big demon catch-22. And most of it originates from frustration with yourself and your inaction. Because it's anger. All anger, when it's kept inside, turns to depression. And when you are doing something that is frustrating to you and not using your own power, that eats you inside. It makes you feel like you're punishing yourself. Like you're, uh, it, you internalize it as true. Like I'm bullying myself from the inside out. So the additional depression results from the actual situation, which is shitty. So you hate your situation, that's making depression, and then the chemical feeds itself. So it creates more depression, and therefore more inaction. So when you're frustrated with yourself and you're trapped in a loop that you hate, it turns from the frustration into the depression. And it's also what happens when you lose hope of a change happening spontaneously. Like there's some part of you that I think was attached to hope that was believing something's going to save me, something's going to fix me, something outside of me is going to intervene. And when you finally accept that that is not reliable, that that is not a logical thing to think, then you feel even more depressed. You lose that sense of hope. But the hope was attached to the wrong symbol. It was attached to the wrong sign. So it's like you took away your own power and control by putting it in something external. That's another form of keeping yourself in a state of inaction. You can't see that you are the one in control and there's a door behind you if you choose to use it. So the other half of depression is just the paralysis of chemicals. It's like the standing in quicksand and staring at it, lamenting it, instead of looking ahead at what you can try and grab to pull yourself out. So it's like swimming in dark, toxic pain chemicals. And those are very powerful. And if you feel them, you'll, by nature, want more of them. Your body grows a tolerance to all emotions. So you'll have to, like, get more depressed in order to feel the same form of depression. So it's like a, a chemical addiction. So this is a huge factor because if you've been feeding into your own wallowing for a while, it's likely grown stronger and stronger to the point of becoming just self-sustaining. Like, just like anger releases chemicals that people become addicted to, so does depression. So if you've remained unhappy and you've been focusing on the unhappiness, you're actually now maintaining the habit of unhappiness by staring at it. It's being created by the original feeling versus 
something real and organic in your life. So that's why it's really, really important to medicate chemical emotions as soon as they enter your body and don't dwell. They create more and they train in like neural pathways. Therefore, you'll be more inclined to be this way in the future. So move out of this state. Stop focusing on that. Number three, intelligence. So when intelligent people are aware of their ability and yet do nothing about it, it causes a perfect storm of self-hate and also an irrational belief in the worthlessness of others. So if you're a very intelligent person, you're stuck in a depressed, self-hating person's body. Therefore, there's an extra layer of torture from the just anger and frustration and depression of your awareness of your own ability. So it's like a form of just twisting a knife inside of yourself. Like you're watching your own body and feeling even more enraged at what is not happening because you know you are capable of so much more. So this feeling in itself creates rage. And then, of course, rage creates depression. So there you go. There's more depression. So you likely knew this about yourself growing up. You likely knew you were very intelligent and looked down on others. Like maybe others made you angry with their stupidity. But intelligence does not translate to action. It's just your intellect is watching your body be inact, inactive. So you probably had a lot of feelings growing up where you watched other people be, try things, go for things, and felt like hate towards them because you knew you were more capable and you were shocked that it wasn't obvious to everybody else. And maybe that even depressed you. It made you feel alone in the world even more so because everyone else just feels the same and everyone else feels stupid and therefore you just feel like there, no one gets you. There's no one that understands you and how come you're just such a different breed than everybody else. So that brings me to the fourth contributing factor in your situation, the belief that no one gets you, that no one can help you. So number four, track record. It's unfortunate for those of us who had formative experiences growing up in our life with people who failed us, with adults who are supposed to be capable who failed us. And it forms a belief system in your adulthood if you experienced many uh, people that were supposed to take care of you, that were supposed to see what's wrong with you, and that did nothing or that just couldn't see it. Like if you had a lot of adults in your life that like you were able to manipulate and they couldn't see that you were really suffering inside, that will create in you as an adult a uh, belief that you know better than everybody else in the world. So it's a belief that coincidentally came from all of these experiences, but they are not representative of reality. So all of your experiences happen to be with really incompetent people, but now your belief system is deciding everybody's incompetent when in reality they are not. It's just an unfortunate coincidence that you happen to experience people that were incapable. So it becomes now a belief that you seek to validate. You just assume people will always disappoint me. People don't, can't tell me anything new. I'm smarter than everybody. No one can tell me things I don't already know about myself. That's the belief that comes from this experience as a child. And it's a terrifying belief to hold when you're a kid that you know better than everyone that you know better than a therapist, that you know better than a doctor, that you know better than a parent, that you know better than a caregiver. That's a terrifying thing to accept because 
it means you're fucked. It means like no one in the world can help you. And it likely created a very deep form of loneliness and um, like a hopelessness. It's common to experience something like that growing up. If you were, if you needed help and people that maybe even knew you needed help and didn't do anything about it, it probably was a baffling thing to deal with. And therefore, you might see the world through a very harsh, critical eye. Like you're filtering all people through your feelings about yourself. Like you were abandoned. You were not helped by people. Therefore, you see a lot of similarities in others that kind of highlight that structure of belief. So, so this is the logic of a child. You happen to encounter a lot of incapable people, and you are now being blinded by the narrow scope of your vision. It's trapping you. Your beliefs are trapping you, and they're stopping you from actually reaching out and opening to potential avenues of help and inspiration. It's the same thing that will happen if you happen to be, you know, like the first five therapists you go to are all idiots. You're going to assume all therapy, all therapy is a waste of time. So those are the four. And then there is a fifth that is just a pervasive, um, I would call it like milestone. This is a milestone that happens to a lot of people. And I don't know how old you are, but this state of being stuck is extremely common in your 30s. And it's when a lot of people kind of hit a weird internal wall. It's because there's a lot of shifting taking place internally. And it's, it's almost like a threshold is reached for covering feelings. And you have kind of a, I don't know, like a, the lights turn on on yourself. And you have to face whatever you have deep down inside, whatever beliefs you have about yourself deep down inside. And it's stuff that's been there for a very long time, but that hasn't been addressed. So it's almost like the seeing reality for what it is threshold. When the novelty of life experiences wears off, like you've experienced a lot of stuff, you kind of know what's out there, and there's nothing to distract you anymore. And you can see what's in store for you in the future with a lot more accuracy, so nothing's new. And all, maybe all the badges you thought were important, the shine has worn off. And with that, it's when it's like you, you have to look at all, all the stuff for what it is. There's no, nothing to distract you and make you think it's going to change. Nothing outside of you is going to alter everything enough. And therefore, you have to confront what's inside. And this is an extremely intense, heavy, like heart-shattering place to be. It's, like, it's similar to when a kid loses their sense of inhibition and they become self-aware. Except this is like a symptom of adulthood. I know it's a sad description, but I'm telling you this to make you know that you're in good company, so don't worry. Yes, there is an end to this. And no, it's not tied to who you will be forever. It's not about who you are. It's just symbolic of things that need to change. You're looking inward and you're, think you're feeling, this isn't right, you're not settled. Things don't make sense. You're questioning things. You're in flux. So if you are in early adulthood, this is right on schedule for you. I had mine in, I think it was like my late 20s because I was working on other stuff. But maybe that makes me advanced. 
I don't know. But you're but I have friends that have had theirs closer to 40. So it shows up as kind of a loss of identity and serious self-loathing kind of depression. A sudden realization that you don't like or know who you are. So if you're not in the the mid-30s age group, it doesn't matter. Because we all run into our own identity crises on our own time. And it's a sign of good things, of change afoot. So it's telling you you are in progress. So what I'm trying to tell you is you are not fully resolved, which is a great thing. Because at least it's something. It's not just nowhere, limbo. I know the worst part of being stuck is that you have no direction. There's no tool to fix it. You don't know what to do with it. So it's like a purgatory because there's no up, there's no down, there's just infinite same. And that sucks. I know. You're in flux. That's one piece of information you have right now. Let's get to the good stuff, the tools. Part three. So I'll try to break these down for you so that the limbo you're in feels more in your control. And I hope to empower you to create a bit more momentum because right now your goal is to create anything new, any kind of change. You want new information and to gain some solid footing in anything different, any kind of new feedback about yourself. So before I get started, I want to tell you that your brain is not to be listened to right now. It's not on your side. So as you listen to these, listen as though everything I'm saying is true. Just approach it from that vantage point because your brain will be telling you like, no, nah, that's not for me. That's dumb. I've heard that before. I've read that in a da-da-da. Oh, another one of these. That's your brain telling you don't change, don't listen, invalidate everything. So go against your brain in every proactive action you take and act on these tools from a rational position, almost against yourself, despite yourself. So right now you're blinded by your own brain. So the first in the tools section is just make yourself aware of that fact. You are going to have to act in spite of yourself and literally go against what you feel you want to do. You're going to have to act from the highest self, which is the person who is acknowledging the validity of what you're hearing now. And throw yourself into actions when you're depressed and really not into the idea. So the other voice in your head, I'll call your monkey brain. And that's the voice that is trying to find flaw with everything I'm saying. So it will be the voice of your fear, and it will try and make you choose inaction, and it will try and make you shut down. It will try to disprove things and make you think things like, fuck that, this is stupid, who are we kidding anyway, this isn't going to amount to anything, this is a waste of time, this, is, this doesn't count, this isn't me, etc. So the key is to understand this rationally and put yourself into action and assume a place of openness. Act according to your rational understanding and not these base level chemically depressed thoughts. Notice where you build a wall. And anytime moving forward, wherever you feel resistance in your brain and you watch yourself starting to say no, watch that process happening. Because you to invite more information into your life, to control uh, your open hatch and close hatch, is to basically protect yourself from changing. It's, a, it's to try and control things. Like when we shut down and we stop hearing things and we refuse to believe things, like wherever you see those systems taking place, that is a self-protective, fear-based mechanism of like, nope, I'm not going to open. I'm not going to listen. 
it's to be controlling. It's to say I refuse to entertain anything that is foreign and different to myself. It's also an excuse to stay comfortable. Even though you're very uncomfortable and very unhappy right now, your brain is used to the way you are now. Therefore, when you shut down, it's a way to maintain safety. It's staying in your comfort zone. You think that you are basing this closing down off of knowledge, but you are not. You're simply being controlling. And so this go-to self-protective mechanism to close off and decide that you know better, a lot of the time you know deep down that that's not true. But you say it anyway. You do it anyway. And that's when you can actually push yourself harder to not choose from that depressed, self-indulgent, wallowing place and instead manually choose to open. So just watch yourself for when you build the walls. Why? Because it's not working. It's not working for you right now, and therefore you have to change. You're listening to this because you are not getting to where you want to be where you, by choosing your fate, by controlling your, what you take in and what you don't. So I, just rem I recommend acting against yourself and throwing everything and anything at the problem, despite yourself. So I'm just speaking of broadening your willingness to try things and having no preset judgments of what you will or won't like. Because all that will happen is you will gain new insight into you and who you are. And any new information is a good thing. It's just you need more understanding. You want to further this process of being in flux. So the more you can alter yourself, the more you can bring in constant newness, like a new routine, a new class, a new place, a new person, a new going against what you think you'll like, the more you will begin to change. And you will start hearing things for the very first time. You will start to witness new facets of yourself. And that is when the path finds you. The path to your job, your identity, your self, anything you're looking for now will find you. I know how it feels to be in your spot. And it's really easy to get stuck there because there are so many chemical factors. So what I see is somebody staring at their feet and growing depressed that they're not wearing the right shoes. So your brain is, has proven to not be anything more than a dark enemy for some time. So realize that, act against it. Stop allowing yourself the habit of hating on yourself, which is an indulgent addiction that you have grown used to and instead redirect your attention, just like you would with any other OCD habit. Like when you stare at a zit in the mirror, stop that. Demand from yourself, no more focusing on the problem. Stop staring at your shoes because that's how your depression gains momentum. Instead, seek any and all help possible. Invite all of it in at once. No one owes this to you. It's not because of fate. It's not because of the universe. It's not because of luck. Making demands of the universe is like wishing on a star. And that's not how it works. That's a cop-out. You're making yourself into a victim of the universe. That's not cool. The universe doesn't victimize people. You're making yourself into a person that doesn't have to try because it removes your control in the situation. It's like an excuse for not investing all the way. But these are signs. They're showing me that I shouldn't try. It's not even working. That's an excuse to indulge in pain. So notice that you're chemically addicted to that feeling and act rationally. You know better but you don't act from that place. So start acting in alignment with what you know you are capable of and stop making excuses 
for why you won't do things. Stop the, this is the way I am. This is the way it will be. Because that's all false. And it stops many of us from change. But it's tired, so put it down. You get to decide how you act, what you say, what you allow to destroy your summer and your year, not your chemical depression. And the fact that you're allowing it to do that, to me, speaks of somebody who is believing they are a victim without control, when in fact, you have power. You have it. You're just choosing not to use it. You're making it okay for yourself, as if it's out of your control. And it's not. That is an excuse. So here we go. Some tools to help you exert control, uh, even the slightest bit, in the face of this limbo, this purgatory you're in right now. Number one, reduce the facts. So that means, like, your life is a boiling mess of muck, and it makes it very overwhelming because there's no contrast. Everything just feels, like, bad and dumb and bland. So it feels like everything's connected. So this is a tool to make things what they are so that you can actually deal with them and see what is something you can affect and what is not. Because a lot of this is out of your control. So once you accept what is out of your control, you can let go of it. You can stop fighting with the fact that it is. So this is an exercise to kind of sober yourself up from the just overwhelmingness of what is and what is not in your control. So this is basically in the boiling pot of muck. You're going to reduce things down to exactly what's in that pot. Just separate them down. So break things down into categories. For example, reduce the current state of your life and identity to what it is. And that is yet to be known, in progress, something you are allowing yourself to figure out right now, something that cannot be rushed. You aren't fully resolved yet, as in you are changing, you're in flux. Reduce down your current emotional state to what it is, which is a series of depressions, ups and downs, they come and go, and maybe things that you need to manage better. Maybe you need to be better about soothing chemical depression or pushing yourself into healthy practices to even out the chemicals when they take over. Reduce down your literal physical state to what it is. You are healthy. You are safe. You have a support system. You are capable. You are accountable. You are taking care of yourself. You have a place to sleep. You are fed. You are actively taking steps to help yourself right now. Whatever else would be true for you, think on that. Reduce your professional life to what it is. Going through reevaluation, not yet solved. Maybe you would do your love life, if that's a thing. Maybe, you know, you're, maybe you're not healthy. Maybe that is a, a thing. Whatever it is, just write a list of the ingredients that make up your life and just cross out the things that are not in your control. So maybe those things aren't things you relate to, but whatever yours are, grab your journal, do it yourself. And... Whatever those items are, if you're wondering how you can tell what is and what is out of your control, it's the stuff related to the unknown. It's the stuff that hasn't happened from outside of you. 
it's all of the stuff related to the future and what is not yet resolved. That is out of your control. And that is something that cannot be rushed. You can't Google your way to an answer. It can only arrive on its own time. You can be proactive about uncovering yourself and remaining open to change. And that's what this is all about. Allowing the truth to come forth. Because it can't be forced. It only comes from deep inside you. And that answer isn't baked yet. Just bravely invite it. Honor the process by listening for it, fostering it, and eventually you will find yourself doing something similar to me. By that I mean fulfilling a passion that you would do for the rest of your life for free just because it calls to you and you love it. So I, won't, I don't want to take you into a self-helpy realm that gets most people depressed, so let's just go back to the tools. Number two, borrow brains. So your brain is not your friend right now. So just stop letting it speak for you because it's not to be trusted. And instead, when you need to, if you need some logic or you need help, borrow somebody else's brain. That's what I do when I get stuck. I like to borrow somebody else I respect's logic. So literally ask yourself, what would so-and-so do? And then act according to their answer. I do that all the time. What would Alicia do? Number two. Number three, assume you're wrong. So the self-protective ego in you will resist any new information and continue to reinforce why you are right and you are trying everything you can and none of this will help you and you shouldn't take other people's advice. So that is the voice of your self-protective depression. And to get yourself into taking actions that might help you, by default, assume you are wrong. Assume everyone else is right and has a valid point by default. And that you are not allowing yourself to hear it. Therefore, you'll have to reevaluate it again and again. Just assume everyone else is right and you are wrong. I love this one. It's one of my favorites. I use it for everything. Because when your brain blocks things, you'll be resistant. Whatever you're resistant to something, it's a sign. You have to... Look at it again. Assume you are wrong. Number four, watch for the walls. This one is inspired by Mike. Thank you, Mike. So imagine you are, imagine we are in olden times in this magical castle realm and everything's misty. Think of a Monty Python movie. And there are kind of these magical stone walls that spontaneously pop up from the ground whenever certain topics come up. So your job is to keep your eyes peeled for the trigger words that you say whenever you are starting to build up a wall and shutting down. It'll usually happen around similar topics. Like you'll have a phrase that you always say or a, a way of dismissing somebody else. Like you'll say the same things usually. So the goal is to notice those walls and listen and undo them when they pop up or just recognize that they're happening and kind of separate from them. Watch yourself like as though you are observing yourself from inside of your own brain. So when you tend to get defensive, stay alert. Watch that wall has popped up. Imagine yourself just stepping outside of that and looking at it for what it is. Weird. What is coming out of my mouth? I can hear myself shutting down right now. Interesting. Just separate and kind of write down all of your trigger words. 
So get familiar with them. Write down like the phrases that you tend to say, that your defense, you know, spiels that you always give. Get used to them so that you can call them out on the mat as soon as they pop up for you. That's number four. Number five, say yes to newness. So this is just get out of your routine. Do something totally weird and new as often as possible. Things that embarrass you, things that sound really uncomfortable, that sound like the worst thing ever, try them. For example, a, dr a dream interpretation class where you dance in tights. Or every community college class that sounds like the worst thing in the world. Take all of them. Volunteer. Volunteer not because it's a bad idea, but because it'll alleviate some of the depression just to help people. That's like a, a go-to tool to delete depression. It's just helping people. So you might be asking, well, if, I, if something doesn't interest me, isn't that a clear indication that it's something I won't be helped by? No, absolutely not. Your brain is not helping you make the right choices. It's telling you to stay the same. So in short, zag. Force yourself change to change in any and all ways possible, especially with the things that make you feel uncomfortable. In closing, I want to address the self-hate element of existing in a state like this. Your brain will make a case with any and all information to prove to you that you suck, that you have a valid reason for feeling incompetent or like a loser. But all of that is false. The logic is bunk. The perception is self-indulgent, hate on myself, bullshit. And you need to rationally understand that this is not helping you to wallow in these thoughts. It's just keeping you in the same spot. So that's a sign your brain is fearful and is chemically depleted, and you need to stop validating all the thinking and instead distract yourself and start taking actions. Don't listen to your brain. It's, it's lying to you. You are the most rational when you are happy, and right now you are swimming in some very nasty chemicals, so you're telling yourself dark things. You're telling yourself, I'm terrible. You're making everything into a dark stew. So it's your job to block out as much of this negativity as you possibly can at all times so that you can make some movement out of this spot. Telling yourself that you can't do anything is a self-protective tactic. It's allowing you not to try everything. You're deciding to be helpless. You're choosing helplessness. You haven't pushed yourself nearly hard enough. You can act despite these negative voices, so stop reinforcing your walls and giving your power away to other facets like the universe. Just break down any and all walls, and as soon as you catch yourself saying, I can't, don't, won't, stop. Choose to stay open to all possibilities, assume you're wrong, and the voice that says you do know better is a liar. So maybe you even say to yourself that you are sick of wallowing. Maybe you are so sick of yourself right now, and yet you are still allowing yourself to do it. Why waste so much time and energy? You're wasting so much energy. It's so much harder to do what you're doing now than it is to change. You're just de deciding not to use your own power, almost like you're watching yourself instead of so stopping yourself. And know that the truth can only be known. It's not figured out yet. The big identity stuff comes from outside of you when you allow things to change you. It arrives from somewhere totally new and unexpected like a lightning bolt. So to believe that you could solve for the future is silly. The answers aren't in existence, and you can't force them. 
So just be patient, be even more patient, and keep moving toward newness. Otherwise, you might miss it. And don't worry if your head is spinning right now, because I've just spewed a ton at you. So know that not everything has to make sense right now. It doesn't all have to, to add up. You might need to revisit this again in a week or so. So wherever you are going to end up or whatever you're going to become, doesn't matter. Just start by focusing on what you need to do, what you can affect today. Don't worry about everything in three months from now. Just start by wrapping your head around this new intention to be open and allow that to be something that is a sign of your success. If you're able to do that, that is a huge deal. Make that a goal and make it like that's an awesome achievement, just a shift in your perspective, committing to that perspective of openness, of assuming you're wrong, of assuming you want things to change you. That is like a big pill to swallow. So just start with that and allow that to be the only thing you're really focusing on right now. And invite anything and everything into your life. The opposite of what you want is to close off. Because all information that is new will help you. It will help you just the tiniest bit get to a new place and who you are. And that's what you want. So I hope you enjoyed this or maybe got something helpful from it. And I really hope I wasn't too tough lovey because I know it's, it's a lot. It's hard. It doesn't feel so good sometimes. But know that it is coming from a very loving place in me, even though it was probably very challenging or confront confrontational. It's coming from a place of, I believe in you. I know you can do this. And I want this for you. I wish you clarity in this moment. And I hope you keep going and I hope you double your efforts. I hope you are open to everything, and I hope you assume you know nothing about what will come from something random. So when you hear words like school or therapy or dream interpretation class, say instead, I know nothing about what will be. I have no idea how this will feel. The experience is new. And accept powerlessness. Embrace it and love it. Embrace that you're in the middle of the ocean and there are no boats. Just really tolerate that fact and stop flailing. Just remember where you're wasting energy and redirect your focus back to what is helpful to you. And it never hurts to smile. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.